Woo-hoo. right. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about 10, 15 minutes. Feel free, get up, go get seconds. As you can see, this is a church. We like to cook and we like to eat. So, get up, get get seconds, go get coffee, go to the bathroom. No, no need to raise your hands. It's a lot more awkward when I'm preaching up here by myself. You go to the bathroom, but now it's. Who cares? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody does. Raise it. your hands. Never mind. Raise your hands if you've ever gone to the bathroom during the sermon only because you were bored. I knew it. I knew it. I have, but not during your sermons. I knew not it. during your sermons. Can we say it like that? <laughs> I knew it. So, well, today we just wanted to talk for a couple of minutes, kind of about a theme that's emerged these the last couple of months that I really feel like is prophetic for us as a church uh, and where we're going in 2024. We're going to talk more about that. So next week, you're gonna, we're going to reveal our word and theme for the year. If you look in the back, you see the banners. Those are for the past couple of years. But we're going to see our new word of the year coming uh, forward. Um, but before we get there, I just kind of want to talk about something that really is kind of in our, our hearts that we've talked a lot about. And uh, it's kind of talking about the phrase, the body of Christ. Have you guys heard of that term before, right? Body of Christ. It's, it's actually uh, a lot. It's twice that that word body of Christ is used quite a bit, uh, a lot more than I thought. It's twice in 1 Corinthians, twice in Ephesians, in Romans, Hebrews, and Colossians. It is talked a lot about this idea that us as a church, a church isn't a building, a church is its people, that we are the body of Christ. Um, And so what I want to do is just read, this is a passage in Romans 12, and just talk about that a little bit. I think this is really going to play for us as we look forward to the new year. So Romans 12, starting at verse 4, it says, go ahead and pull it up here. For each, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I think as I was kind of looking and reflecting on this one verse here, uh, what amazes me, though, it says that in Christ, we form one body, right? And the idea of us being connected, we don't have our banner up, but this year, our word of the year was abide. Our word of the year was to be connected with Christ. What amazes me about this verse, though, is that how it also talks about each member belongs to each other. So we're not only connected with Christ. When you are a part of a church family, we are connected with Christ, but we're also connected with each other. And if you're not connected with people in this room, if you go to this church, you call this your home church, and you're not connected with people here, that means we're doing it wrong. That we're not doing our job as the leadership here of this church to connect you in to make sure that you're not doing life alone. And, you know, I think a lot of the times we could focus heavily, we could, as a, as a church staff, as we can really say, hey, I'm trying really hard to connect you with God. We're, look at the sermon that I'm doing. Look at this discipleship stuff. We have an amazing discipleship pastor, Brandon, here. We do all this stuff to try to connect you with God. But it's also important for us to make sure that we're connected together. And today, right, we're connected, we're eating, we're having a good time. This is the type of stuff that we need to do as a church, right, Amy? That's right. Yeah. Keep going. All right, keep going. Preach. 
And one thing that happens to me uh, quite a bit is that as I get connected with other people, um, it's really great, but also what can happen is there can almost be this idea of maybe jealousy or not having what someone else has. Do you know what I mean by that? You ever meet somebody and you're kind of like, man, I wish that I only had what they had. And you look at the very first verse here. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, all of us function very differently. And all of us have very different unique things that we bring to the table. And all of us do a very different job. And for me, a lot of the times, I've spent a lot of my life just being vulnerable and honest here, where I'll look at what others have and wish that I had that and think that I'm at a deficit because I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who uh, thinks a lot th- with my mind, right? I engage with God's word in my mind. It's hard, I'll be honest, for it to penetrate my heart. When I meet somebody, a lot of the times, if I'm running around on a Sunday, I'm thinking of all the things I have to do, and I can walk right over somebody. And I'm sure many of you, maybe I just walked right by you without even saying hello, because I'm just in my mind. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times, I, I'm very, I mourn the fact that why can't, I'm a pastor, right? I should love people. I do love people, but I'm not somebody who just, when I just am all about like love and overexpression. I have great people on our team who do that. But that's something that I think for a lot of times was a deficit for me. Mm -hmm. But as I'm learning about the body of Christ and the importance of doing church and community together, how important it is that we rely on each other. Right. And, you know, John and I, because we work the way that we work and we're just two individuals, we try to surround ourselves with people on our lead team and in our ministry teams who don't look or act or think the way that we do. And uh, sometimes that can create a little bit of like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, different priorities for different people where, you know, John may focus on something logical. You know, Rachel, who's on our team, may focus on something more in the heart area and feelings and emotions. And, um, you know, we have different people on our team for a reason. And we have different people in the body of Christ for a reason. It's because something that works for one of us won't always work for all of us. Uh, But this needs to be a church for everyone and a church where people can come and everyone can feel like there's some part of this that looks like them or some piece of this that appeals to them. Um, And John read his favorite verse on the body of Christ, but I didn't get to read. Do you want me to save that for later? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I got got something. I'm I'm going to wait. Well, it's sitting right here, so I'm going to save it, but it's going to be here. So So this is the way that I usually spend... My life. Look at this. Santa's not done yet. So this right here, right? How many of you ever do like housing projects? Or you do like other things we've ever had to use tools before? Right. So I think a lot of the times like we use tools for stuff. And you look at this. This is not mine. This is borrowed this from Ben. But it's a really awesome... chainsaw that could be used for a lot of things. I think a lot of the times, for me, when you kind of go through life, you see different tools, and what else we got in here? Look at that. Big old nail gun. Is this empty? He's not even in the room. I hope so. It's empty. And I think most of my life, can you hold that? 
Hold that. I got the nail gun, people. You got the nail gun. Don't worry about it. Fingers off the trigger. When you look at both these, when you look at both these things, when you look at both these things, these do the same thing, don't they? They do the right? same thing. They do the same thing. This is a nail gun, and this is a hammer. And I think a lot of my life, when you, I get into comparison mode, right? I start looking and like, hey, this is a pretty beefy hammer. It does some pretty good things. It's a framing hammer. You know, it's big. You can leverage. You can kind of set a nail here in the end and kind of bang it in, use it for that. You can Wait, use you can it put pull. a nail on the top of yeah, that? Yeah, very top here. Look Are at you that. serious? Yeah, you set a nail in there on the top. What? Hit it in right where you want it to go. How many of you knew that? There's like a little place to put a nail. Who Look knew that? that? Uh, Get out of here. Of you guys have been holding out on me. This is your dad's. But the problem is, is that this is me, kind of rugged, kind of sturdy, kind of long, little, little heavy. Um, but here, right, I look at somebody else, and you look at, like, what they bring to the table, and I'll look at this and just be really kind of bummed out and just say, wow, I'm not as cool as this thing, right? I'm not as cool as whatever this thing can do. However, if I went to a job site and only had this, I can do some things very well. But if all of a sudden I make a mistake with this thing and I nail the wrong board, how will I ever get the nail out with this? It is impossible for me to get the nail out with this. At that point, you kind of get the nail out, right? You need this to be able to pry something out. A lot of the times when you're doing demo work, right? If you're doing demo work, you use this a lot. You can't use this for demo work. You use a completely different hammer. And we have lots of different stuff. Yesterday I was, or Friday, uh, I had a little wet spot in my tr in a truck that I had in the inside. So I was getting a leak from somewhere. I didn't know where it was. So I was desperately trying to get my tools out to figure out. I had to take things apart and go into everything and look at it. And I busted out lots of different tools, right? This is one thing that I could have used. A sawzall. Right? I needed to peel up the carpet in the back of my truck to figure out where's the water, water coming through. A sawzall does a lot of great things. It can cut and do a lot of things. Not great if you're trying to figure out where a leak is in your truck, because I'm going to just rip out the carpet. I'm going to rip that out. And I also kind of pulled out another little tool. I got this. This is a snap-on ratchet screwdriver. Really nice and fancy. A lot of different heads. Right? I, I needed to use this in order to pull up the carpet and everything else. But when at the end of the day, what I really needed was something that I couldn't find. I needed a little tiny ratchet a little tiny ratchet head, a 10 millimeter to be able to pull out the carpet that was sitting there. And I went to my uh, socket set, and wouldn't you know it, the one that was missing was the one that I needed. Somebody didn't put it Always. back. Always. Somebody didn't put it back. Always. Ugh. So I'm desperately looking around my truck, looking, or looking around my workbench, looking for this little thing. I have so many tools, all these tools, and the one thing that I needed was right here. I finally found it. It was stuffed in a little box. Despite all the tools that I had and all the impressive things that I had, the thing that I really needed at that point was this. I needed to take off the seatbelt to be able to remove a panel so I could figure out where the leak was coming from, and I found it. The point is this, I know I'm belaboring this a little bit. Where do you fit in the body of Christ? I think a lot of the times, this may be you. And you may look and compare yourself to other people. Other, like, nail guns, hammers, saws, sawzaws, screwdrivers, everything else, and say, you know what, I'm not being used, and I, I don't feel like there's really a spot for me. 
But in that moment, Friday, I was looking desperately for this one thing. This was the only tool that would work. I couldn't use anything else. What I think is important for us and where we're looking forward for the new year is trying to figure out where each of us fits. I think a lot of the times we spend too much time focusing on a couple of different giftings. And I really want 2024 to be about finding what you are. I'm almost 40. I've been a pastor for just about 15 years. And I feel like I'm just finally beginning to figure out which one of these I am. I don't know if we always do that very well in church, but I want to get better at that. And so some, some of you may be wondering, say, I don't know where I fit in this body. I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't know what to do. Any of that stuff. For us as a church, that's what we want to do looking forward is to realize we are the body of Christ. You know, you can look at this big old, you know, saza, and you could say, you know what, I don't need this little thing. This little thing is, is dumb. Like, what, what point is it? But when you need it, you really need it. And I want every single person to know in this room, we need you. Or this church, I believe we are desperately looking for little pieces like this. And it's you. I just don't know where you're at yet. And you don't know where you're at yet. But we're so desperately wanting to figure out where we all fit. Yeah. So I'm going to read my, my verse now. John pulled up Romans 12. The other one that I love about the body of Christ is 1 Corinthians 12. And it's not going to be on the board up here. So if you have your Bible or your phone app, you can take it out if you want to read along with me. But I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, starting in verse 12. Actually, I'm going to start a little bit earlier. You know what? I'm going to read the word. Let's read the word this morning, right? Woo! Okay, I'm going to start in verse 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different time, kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So Paul went all out here listing it all out. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body, right? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, <clears throat> just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I'm going to keep going. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Okay, I'm going to stop there. But man, that's just like you were saying with your little ratchet piece was the parts that seem to be weaker, seem to be littler, seem to be not make that much sense or not care about that much. We, they're indispensable. That part yesterday when you were working on your truck was indispensable and you needed it. And that's just how we need each other. And we need each one of you um, as a body. And you need us too. So you're stuck with us. Sorry, but we're here for you. We're part of your body. You're part of mine. I'm part of yours. It's good. So, and uh, we'll end with this as we go. Um, something that uh, we have a prayer meeting uh, every every week before whoever's speaking and doing worship in the nursery will do a prayer meeting. And Christy uh, is there every single week. And one thing that she prays for every single week is unity. Uh, and I love that. I love that we need to be unified. Something that unity is not, it's not sameness. Unity is not sameness. Meaning unity is not all thinking, acting, being, saying the same thing. That's sameness. What unity is, is differences of opinion, of backgrounds, difference of environments, difference of feelings, difference of everything, coming together for a common purpose. That's unity. That's what true unity is. And I think especially now in the world, because of like social media and stuff, is that you could find a lot of people who think the same way that you do. And if you had some really wonky views, like, I don't hope not to offend anyone here who may believe this. Oh, what's coming? Flat earthers. Okay. Yeah. You may believe that the earth is flat. You could find people who believe the same thing that you do, right? And we connect with individual people and we can have sameness and think, wow, we're so unified together. No, you're not. You're just same. That's what I love about this picture of the body of Christ is that it's not sameness. It's true unity. We are unified together because of Christ, because of the mission that we're going to do. And there's going to be times where a foot would say, hand, get the heck out of here. This is the spot for a foot. And there's going to be times we fight, times that we struggle, times that we, you know, go. However, true unity is when we decide to move forward together because of who we are in Christ, not because we are the same. And that, I think, is just a perfect picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. And... I think in 2024, again, kind of little appetizer for what we're talking about, this is going to be a similar theme that you're going to see us talk a lot this next year coming up about how unity is so important and how us being together and being there for each other is so important. And we're going to do church, um, we're going to teach the gospel, we're going to do everything that we've done, but we're also going to make sure that we are interconnected to each other, because that's what we all need. That's all I got. Unity is not sameness. It's oneness. It's oneness. Look oh, at you. Yeah. It's a sound bite. Write it down. Okay. So, what we're going to do now is we're going we're gonna, to uh, end and ask, go back for more food. There is a heck of a lot of food here. And then in about 10 minutes, we're going to start pulling out boxes. If you can just help us with the decorations, I promise it takes like an hour to set everything up. It takes like 15 minutes to take Christmas decorations down. Somebody who has done this every single year. So it won't take us very long. We'll be able to get in and out and be able to do this. If you're going to stay around and kind of help. But spend about 10 minutes or so. You know, go get some more food. Go to the bathroom. We fill your coffee. Kind of hang out. Be together as one. And then when? Do you want to leave us with a blessing? Yes. 
All right, I'll leave you with this blessing. If you just want to hold your hands out so you can receive it in the name of Jesus physically, sometimes it's good to do a physical thing, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his shalom. Amen.